0: So if you're not watching on YouTube for this episode, if I'm being constantly interrupted, it's because I'm being interrupted by a cat, a garage cat that I am allergic to, but apparently didn't get enough of being pet for one day. But that is actually not the topic of discussion. We're not talking about animals and their behavior. We're talking about human beings and the Overton window. The Overton Window is a term that is brought up from time to time, almost exclusively in politics, but oftentimes in sort of sociological style conversations. And the Overton Window is supposed to refer, or is colloquially referred to, as the left and right limits of acceptable or culturally acceptable beliefs on a subject, or on an idea, or in political conversation and what has happened in new mexico this last weekend with the governor of new mexico uh deciding that her the citizens of albuquerque do not have the constitutional right to bear a firearm concealed or unconcealed for their self-defense she's saying that i have a she has some sort of authority she doesn't know what that's you can see that in the newsreels In her response, I think that was CNN who was questioning her. Uh, The Overton window uh, of debate, actually, that will be used as the model question, the model experience as to whether or not, as to how we understand not only what the Overton window is, and how we ought to handle it, or adjust it, or think about it. Now, there are some important uh, preliminary subjects to understand. And, uh, but I'll just do that because, you know, we're we're sponsored by you guys. You guys support the channel. You guys keep us running. Uh, if you want to support us, you can head over to redactedculture.locals.com and you can subscribe for like five bucks a month and then jump onto exclusive content there, which there isn't a giant library right now, but the primary advantage of being a part of that is when we put on events like the Redacted Film Festival, you get, you get invitations. Uh, when we do invite-only events, that's the way to get on that list. So, That being the case, let's talk about the Overton window. So the 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 fundamental norm that must be understood, or I'm sorry, what we must understand is we must understand the term normative, and normative is something like law-like is is one way that it can be referred to. But think of the best way that I can I commonly address the concept of normative is. Think of it as something like law-like that doesn't exactly refer to the law itself. So a normative, normal, normalizing a normative concept is one that is binding to the population or binding to sort of a, a social experience. Norms, cultural norms. This is where we get this term. So it might be a norm in your culture to say, use a blinker when changing lanes, or it might not be a norm in your culture if you live in Minneapolis. So when we talk about the Overton window, we have to understand that we are talking about norms, and norms are a cultural concept that change from location to location, culture to culture. In fact, norms themselves, what is normative in this society, is oftentimes the very thing, those very ideas and descriptions, habits and traditions, which define that culture. I don't mean to talk down, I, I apologize. Again, this this cat wants to touch my face with its face and he doesn't know that, I, she, she doesn't know that I'm allergic. Not a great experience. So when we're talking about the Overton window, the Overton window is simply what is normatively acceptable within that society. And it particularly applies or generally refers to beliefs held within that culture, and what it immediately identifies is that there is no such thing, or, or what a normative window would suggest, sorry, even more specifically, the existence of a normative window is the absolute denial of multiculturalism, because a multicultural society would require, to some extent, that it has no left and right limits, and it therefore has no Overton window. And the existence of a normative, or the existence of, an Overton, of the Overton window, a normative window, is different than saying what it ought be or what it should be. In fact, if you are a monotheist, you would argue that the Overton window over whether or not God exists and the beliefs on religion would be that the left and right limits are, "There is a God." and there is only one God. And there's no gods other than that one God because you are a monotheist. But that is a personally held belief, and we are still talking about cultural norms. And so, a, the exist, and, and again, we need to always return to this position and this always return to the understanding, the existence of a Overton window is not the same thing as the advocation for that window, that we can describe something that we can describe that the Overton window in the United States is something like you can be it's socially acceptable on the left to be a communist, but it's not socially acceptable on the right to be a Nazi would would identify that the social the the Overton window in the United States is somewhere left of center. If you consider those two things diametrically opposed Nazis and communists, uh, which is worth reviewing because they're more similar than we like to admit. Uh, it was called the National Socialist Organ, um, you know, Party for a reason. And socialism and communism are not all that different. If you ask somebody in the West, you are just gonna fall off my lap, aren't you, cat? Yeah, you are just gonna, you are just, you are you're, you're supposed to sit, not fight me. You don't understand it. Are you, does, does the does the concept of norms bother you? Well, you are a cat. You don't know the difference. And the norms in this household is that it that I am the man and you are the, the cat and it's like a pet owner relationship. So, <clears throat> let's get back to the subject that's on at hand because a- allergies are going to be fun tonight. The so the Overton window, let's use so the Overton window that was shown when we looked at the way the nation responded to Governor Grisham's infringement of the Second Amendment was that at least in the United States, the middle ground approach was that her acts were unconstitutional. That was the middle ground. So on, on one end of the spectrum in this Overton window regarding Governor Grisham overreaching the, uh, or, or Governor, Governor Grisham suspending the, the right to carry it for the citizens of Albuquerque, the centrist approach was to say that it was unconstitutional. The, uh, what, you could, what we'll call the left-of-center opinion was that it was in bad taste. And what we'll call the right-of-center opinion is that it was not only unconstitutional, it was a felony worthy of arrest and prosecution. And that is where the country is. Now, where the country ought be is What, we have, uh, what is why we engage in social debate is why we engage in conversation because it is much better to have conversations with people than to fight with them. As much as it sounds like a drag, we in gun culture have shown by our behavior that it is much better to engage in a cultural civil war where there are no there are not it is not the same thing as a violent one than it would be if we were engaging in a violent civil war. And this goes to continually reinforce The position that I hold, and that is that the more capable individuals are at the use of force, the more constraint they have over their actions. So the Overton Window being a normative concept, normative over a culture or a a description of cultural norms in this situation with Governor Grisham, is on the one hand that it was in bad taste or it was poorly unstrategic, and in the other hand it was on the to the which is opposed to the idea that it was i mean it's not like opposed of overtly but it's opposed in in um in this window side the left and right limits the left limit being that the actions of governor grisham were poorly planned and poor and and, and untactical whatever you want to call it or uh, poorly timed and in bad taste and that is in opposition to the fact, the, the, the argument, the fact, or whatever you want to call it, that it was illegal and worthy of prosecution. So an example on the left would be one of the Krasensteins, who uh, continually played the sophist in this case, saying something like, well, you know, we don't want to, I, I don't want to quote them or misquote them, because I don't want to engage in that sophistry, but they they held up they, they presented the idea that something like it wasn't uh sh- it, it, they don't think that legislatures who believe that the governor has overstepped her bounds and infringed on the rights of the people should call for the impeachment of that governor. So if you infringe on the people's rights overtly and directly and claim authoritarian status to do so, someone shouldn't be infringed. But if you suggest something else, you know, you suggest something that is anathema to the left-wing political ideology, you should be isolated and imprisoned, really centrist of you. Whereas the right wing extreme, and I don't even want to call it right wing, but we will, the right wing, the the sort of far opposite to that was that not only did was what Governor Grisham did in a um, what do you call it a a an infringement, but it was also an illegal action worthy of prosecution, and that she she should be arrested and tried by a jury of her peers if she chose so chooses. That was uh, Mr. Guns and Gear. And so, and so that I don't commit the view from above fallacy in this argument, I am closer to the right on this position. There is no surprise in it. I exist within gun culture, and, and by understanding where I stand within, with the idea of the right to bear arms, one would be not blamed for thinking that I'm more on the right side of this Overton window. But the question that it raises by looking at this scenario within the framework of an Overton window is not only what it is, what is the current status of cultural norms, but what those cultural norms ought to be. And this is a tricky part for our society because we love the convenience of a multicultural society. However, if we try to build one where people of different beliefs and different backgrounds get to live in some sense of harmony with one another, if we try to build that without a, a firm foundation upon which that would stand, then we set ourselves and our children up for failure. You can imagine that you're a student at an academy in an almost, uh, what is it, almost Harry Potter-style beauty right you have all the great architecture and the books and the mysteries and the and the magic that you're learning and there are debates and there are different houses and there are different challenges against one another or you could use it in some sort of almost lovecraftian story or you could pick like anything but really dark academia and you could look at the the you know the idea of being in a university engaging in study And in a university, we would engage in a series of different ideas, right? We would want to say, this is what I believe to be true, this is my premise, these are my other premises, and this is my conclusion. I might engage in a propositional logic description, or not description, but I might use propositional logic to show proofs of my idea. I might engage in it in an articulate sense. I may quote and cite authors that are considered sort of authorities on the subject, and I may use something like reason to engage with your idea. And that's what we want the academies to be. But if we allow the, if we allow that conversation to be corrupted by bad actors, then what you see is a systemic breaking down of what we consider acceptable. In an academy, a cultural norm would be that we give each other Intellectual charity, that I try to understand your idea the best as I can, and I give you the charity of presenting your argument, charity not in the same way of giving alms, but in the sense of my purpose of having a conversation with you is to understand your idea as best as possible and represent it, not to strawman it. Then, uh, and that system works great until somebody comes into that system under the guise of an honest intellectual but is really choosing to subvert its own the the institution's own value by discrediting it through bad behavior and an Overton window is the the extending of that academic charity how we talk about the Overton window is that we extend that understanding we we also place limits on what that understanding is so that we're not engaging in absurdities, right? So if you were to come in to, let's just say, a dignified academic environment talking about cannibalism of four-year-olds, it would be an egregious experience, right? Everyone would reel in horror and say, are you really advocating that we should find children and eat them? And That's because it's outside of that that understanding of the Overton window. That is how we describe it. Now, should it be there is an entirely different question. And so as you're engaging in political or social or cultural or even religious conversation, remember that the Overton window is a descriptor. It's a description of what are the cultural norms within a society, community, or group. Within gun culture, one at the center of that uh, and the, the, or the at the center of said Overton window is the Second Amendment. You might believe that the sen, uh, you know that the Second Amendment is true to some extent but a little too strong or only applies to some people and puts you in a bad camp. or you may see that it's absolute and something else. But that is what the Overton window is around. It's centered on the Second Amendment. But what is the Second Amendment grounded in? Because the Second Amendment is actually a document, a binding contract by which we agree to live by. But even then, how did we come to the conclusion that that was the right right, uh, right the right amendment to have in our Constitution, in our Bill of Rights? And that is where we are at today. Because as we might say something like, in the center of the Overton window, Governor Grisham has... What Governor Grisham did was unconstitutional, and I believe there is a federal judge which has declared it by now. If we want to start there at the center of that Overton window in regards to the actions of what she did, what we need, to, what we can be then asking is, what should it be? Why is that the case? Why is it the case that we believe such things? Why is it the, police be- the reason that you believe that that is unconstitutional? And if it's just unconstitutional, what does that constitutionality lie in? Because we may ground our state's rights or we may ground our personal liberties. Now, it's not even the right way of saying it. We may ground our, let's say you live in a state that requires a permit to carry. We may ground an element of that permit to carry in our constitution. Our constitution says you have a right to bear arms. This is a metaphorical argument; don't make it a constitutional law argument. Um, but we may ground the we may ground our 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 um, choice, our cultural norm, and bearing arms to the constitution. And the constitution says that citizens of this country have a right to bear arms. But then, what is that grounded in? Where do we come to that conclusion? Because that is where the culture war is taking place over the right to bear arms in this country. You may say things like the Constitution this and the Constitution that, but if the person that you're engaging with doesn't believe in the Constitution, what good do you think that argument will produce? And this is why, as we continue going forward, it is neither an an aggressive or an an, an attacking position to say why is it do we believe what we believe what is it that we ground these beliefs in why is it that the overton window as a description today places unconstitutionality in the center of the overton window not on a fringe we wouldn't want to see it a fringe where unconstitutionality was a far right version of the window and we might want to see it something, at least we might want to see it move a little bit closer to, you know, unconstitutionality isn't the center, it's sort of the majority. And that's how we look at cultural norms. It's not that we get to live in a world without, without them, and that is a misnomer that I think people like to place. You live in a world that has cultural norms. How do you engage in them? Do you like them? Do you disagree with them? If you don't like them, are you the wrong party? Those are hard questions to ask. Ask, so ask, I was going to say answer, but those are hard questions to ask and harder questions to answer. Are you going to make me sneeze, Kitty? Now that you're you're calm, you're not trying to lick my nose? Yeah, it's a weird thing. If you're not watching on YouTube, I, this cat just parks on my lap. Uh, and don't, I guess I can't say to expect it to stay around, but in that closing, in that closing, in closing on this subject, when it comes to what we're observing take place on a national scale and a state level with New Mexico and Governor Grisham and federal judges and state sheriff or, or you know, local sheriffs and all of these kind of things, it is important for us, whether or not we are in New Mexico or outside, to consider it is why we believe what we believe. We are we when we approach this conversation in good faith. It does not guarantee that our opponents will. This is the reality of the world. I may approach you. We saw this in Afghanistan. I may approach you from a rule set where I have rules of engagement. That does not mean my opponent will. Maybe I can call them dishonorable or discredited or whatever. It doesn't matter for the description. The reality was it didn't matter how much I didn't like it when I was overseas. I still when I was in when I was deployed on behalf of the American government. I still had to consider the risks that I was placing myself in, and not all those risks were the bullets flying around. Some of them were the rules at bay. And though there was a bit of naivety from many of us when we joined the military, at some point in time, you must take off that ch- the, the mantle of being a child and put on the mantle of being an adult and live as though your decisions have consequences. And how we think about tends to be a decision if we put no thought into what we think, then that itself is a choice. So, in closing, we've talked about the Overton window, which is not necessarily a philosophical concept, but we did ground it in norms, a normative, something that is a normative concept, a norm. We talked about uh, normativity a little bit, and we'll continue to bring that up because this is the Redacted Culture Cast. And the biggest way that you can help this channel grow and be and help if you think that what we are doing is a good influence on gun culture the biggest way that you can help this channel grow is share it now i'm not expecting everybody to go and run to the hills but i do appreciate your participation if you want to support us you can head over to redactedculture.locals.com and if you want to check out our our store when it's stocked which probably won't be until october because halloween's upon us at least that's what the local big box store is telling me. Then uh, you can h- head over to redactedllc.com. That's also where we will be putting up announcements for you guys. So if you want to be first known and on the invite list for the events that we are putting on, uh, n- most notably the Redacted Film Festival, it's we will see you over at redactedculture.locals.com, and we'll talk to the supporters there soon. That being the case, go forth and conquer. We will see you soon. Are you asleep now? Oh, you were. Oh, you're loud. Oh. I wonder if they can hear you purr.